This is Come On Kinds with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Welcome to Come On Kind with myself, Martin Quilty and... And I'm Anya Fahey. Hard to believe we are on episode number six of Come On Kind in season two. And what a weekend we had last weekend with the club finals on. Uh, we have, of course, Sarsfield regaining back their title from Eulert after Eulert pipped him to the post back in December of last year. And St. Ryan is doing two in a row back again uh, with Saltian Noknakara yesterday in Crow Park. A glorious day it was for both teams but by God was it cold in Dublin yesterday we have of course Division 1 Division 2 games coming up this weekend and the minor quarterfinals are also down for decision as well so Anya, I suppose we'll start off with the weekend and we had the club finals on in Crow Park. Uh, a great day. Nice to see Sarsfields and Eulert getting a chance to replay as they did before uh, back in Nolan Park in the 18th of December. I think it was. Yeah. Eulert coming out was a, a bad day at the office, I suppose. Sarsfields, unbelievable. They had uh, a couple of scores got within the first couple of minutes. I think it was a goal and two points to no score ahead they were uh, after two to three minutes. But what a cracking game. Like, Eulard, they never say die. Came back, but Sarsfield showed their strength at the weekend. Yeah, they certainly did. And I suppose, first and foremost, it's great to get the Club All-Irelands back into Crow Park as well. I know, obviously, last year, probably due to COVID reasons and things like that, they couldn't be played there. But, you know, thankfully, Kilkenny got it to have it in Nolan Park as well. And I suppose when we kind of look back, we're saying last year, but it was only a mere 12 weeks ago that the All-Ireland Club finals were actually played between Owlart and Sarsfields. And, you know, to turn around 12 weeks later and for both teams to have to do it all over all over again. Like, it's a great, it's such an achievement for both teams to be actually able to get to back-to-back All-Irelands in the first place. And, you know, it was always going to be a case of a, a massive showdown with both of them. I suppose for Sarsfields, yeah, absolutely delighted for them. You know, great that they were actually able to um, get back the All-Ireland title that they had lost 12, 12 weeks previous to Owlart but I'm sure Owlart will be probably very bitterly disappointed you know it is an All-Ireland final I suppose that they had done and we've spoken about this so many times that they've done such a massive U-turn over the last couple of years in Wexford Camogie to kind of get themselves back there and put a put a real stance on the fact that they are probably one of the greatest teams in the whole of Ireland. I was actually listening to a couple of interviews there just before we came in and Hopper McGrath was saying you know Sarsfields for a team that had never won anything at senior ranks not even in County Galway that in the last five years they've won five county titles they've competed in five All-Irelands and they've won two of them so that's a massive massive achievement for a club alone he just said that you know he felt like the performance that they put in yesterday it was nearly a complete performance yeah okay they conceded four goals but he said you couldn't have asked any more and all the girls had a had a job and they did, went out and they did their job and you know the elation Siobhan McGrath I think you know she quoted after she basically said that if you could bottle that feeling you'd never have a bad day again and just goes to sum up what it meant to those girls I'd say it was fun at the breakfast table um, yesterday morning between the whole lot four uh, daughters on the team you're managing the team as well interesting conversation over coffee yesterday morning 
Oh, I don't know. Like, I suppose if it was in my house, I think we'd have to walk away from the kitchen table because uh, there could be a row or two going on. But, you know, I suppose this is this is not um, an unfamiliar territory for for these girls. And, you know, I suppose having the added bonus of having your father involved in the management team as manager of the team, it's, you know, it must be a serious sense of pride. And obviously, you know, Neve McGraw was the captain as well. Siobhan, you know, leading the way, scoring 1-7 or 1-9, I think it was. I think she scored Yeah, 1-7, you were yeah. dead right, yeah. 1-7, a couple of them from um, Freeze as well and I suppose Orla McGrath coming in there with two points from play as well so you know I, I suppose just a sense of achievement and a very very proud moment and proud day for the McGrath family and for the whole of Sarsfields really I think they're a club that have really has come on so much and you know they did it the hard way they had to beat Schlock Neil and you know we've always seen a massive battle between Schlock Neil and Sarsfields over the last couple of years and you Do know, you think, think actually that that caused the, um, the initial problem that maybe Sarsfield had a tougher game which Loch Neal went to extra time in the semi-final mm-hmm. where Eulert Balloch had it very very easy against Gara Vaganalo there was no real test there so you know when you're going into an all Ireland, you want a bit of a test before you go into it Yeah you certainly did but I think you know last week and I suppose I was very much wrong in, in that sense where I kind of said that maybe the fact that Owlert having the easier of the two semi-finals I felt might have stood to them because you know maybe of the age uh, of you know a lot of the players of the team and I don't mean that in a very bad way at all but you have to remember like we are in the midst of you know pitches that are very much the weather is very damp mucky legs are going to be very heavy and you know it's not easy for you know girls to be turning around like they've had a very heavy couple of weeks to be fair to Owlart you know the 12 weeks ago they were they won All-Ireland they went on they had to you know play out their Leinster Championship and they've been kind of on the go you would probably say maybe every second or third week so it was bound to catch up on them you know Schlock, or Sarsfields definitely having to overcome Schlock Neil it definitely I think paid off for them in the end I did think it would be the opposite way around but it certainly looked like it paid off for them yesterday It could have been over at half time um, I mean Sarsfields was uh, just trying to look back at the notes here it was 3-6 to 1-4 almost at half time and then Eulert comes up with a goal just before half time 3-6 to 2-4 if that goal hadn't to go in at half time it would have been game over at that stage but credit to Eulert they fought on scored 4-5 you know 4 points in it in the end and could have come back and nicked it potentially if there was another couple of minutes to go Yeah they could have easily and I suppose that just goes to show the resilience that's in the Eulert Bala team you know they, they're they never done and they'll keep going until the final whistle you know we witnessed it I suppose um, in the all in the Leinster club final against Dixborough Dixborough kept on coming and coming at them constantly but Eulert Bala just kept on ticking away nicely you know they have all the experience in the world like the, the majority of like a lot of these girls have captained Wexford to All-Ireland glory they've won 13 or 14 county titles in Wexford, numerous Leinster titles and, you know, to be going back again to be competing in All-Ireland Finals, you know, it's a massive, massive achievement for them and I just think, you know, obviously they're very, very disappointed with yesterday and who wouldn't be but, you know, they've put in a tough 12 weeks and they'll go back and they'll they'll try and do it all over again you know there's no fear of any of these guards they're, they're going to continue going at it and you have to kind of look at them and be in awe really when you see what some of them are actually putting themselves through to prep themselves to be able to play games like you look at Una Lacey like I believe like 
the work she's putting in off the field to and just get herself right. Well. Yeah, to just get herself right to be able to play in these games is phenomenal. And I suppose, you know, it's what it means to them that there's, you know, Camogie means so much to them. And, you know, they've they've gone through the transition. They're all back. And, you know, these girls have, you know, they've lived their lives, but they're really, really trying to, um, you know, make amends for the last couple of years and put our Artabala back where it should be. Because they've all, like we remember, like I remember going down to watch our Artabala playing club in Leinster Championship against Freshford many years ago like and these girls were still the pivotal figures of the Earl Artabala team so I definitely think they are going to be there um, for the next year or so and they're only building and you know their younger players are coming in they're getting stronger and stronger all the time Yeah well it certainly was a good one I'm having problems with my microphone here at the minute but anyway hopefully you can hear me over there um, the intermediate game then St. Rhinas and Salt Hill knock Nakara 5-14 to 2-6 mm. easy in the end for St. Rhinas in fairness to Salt Hill knock Nakara weren't until um, with the sending off of their centre back I can't think of the name at the minute there but um, yeah it was great to get to the final like when they didn't even win Galway to come out of it to get to the All-Ireland final mm-hmm. I suppose in a way though we were talking about this now um, and looking at the whole of the game yesterday with St. Rhinus they're so heavily coached it's unbelievable they're actually as good as an inter-county team when it comes to it so that's why Offaly are probably missing a load of the girls at the minute um, and I'd love to see him up senior yeah. next year to see what they could actually do so with the help of God we might do that Yeah I think so too and I suppose you know, we, you know we've probably only had the privilege of really seeing St. Rhinus this year when they played Barra Rangers in the Leinster semi-final and they were a finely tuned team you have to admit like they were as you said very well coached they all knew exactly they all had a job they knew exactly what they were doing they stuck to their game plan constantly yeah probably a bit of an easier victory than I suppose a neutral spectator would have thought for an All-Ireland final but St. Ryan as you have to admit they ha- they were outstanding throughout Leinster you know Barra Rangers were very very unlucky and you know let's call a spade Barra Rangers had their homework done and they you know they stuck into them for 45-50 minutes only I think the experience of St. Ryan has probably showed that day and yeah I think you're dead right when it comes to the inter-county scene um they probably awfully are certainly missing them and you would expect awfully now to you know regain some of those players over the next couple of weeks and probably finish off the league hopefully on a high and you know try at all costs to to stay up in division one next year and I think you know the likes of Kate Kenny and all these guys they're going to be a massive massive addition to the to the awfully senior panel and if you look at St. Troina's fixtures and results all over well, results I should say Power Rangers is the only one to come within two points of St. Ryan is during the year. Mm -hmm. Like it was a phenomenal achievement what they'd done to themselves. Okay, if things had to go their way. Barrow Rangers could be here saying that they're All-Ireland champions yeah. not the case Rhinos are there um, I was trying to get a bit of information to see what the story is now winning the back-to-back All-Irelands mm-hmm. but it all goes down to grading and so on so we're still none the wiser to know whether um, St. Rhinos will be go up into the, the senior ranks for next year hopefully they can because I think you're, if you're a St. Rhinos whether you're a player or a manager you really want to see whether you can compete with the likes of Dixborough's Owlers the Sarsfields in yeah. this world to see how good the St. Rhinos are okay it's great to win an All-Ireland title in the whole lot but you want to be winning senior titles and push yourself again the best and I'd like to see that happening next year for all Yeah I definitely think so and I definitely think the fact that they have kind of proved themselves really at intermediate level like they have done the back to back like I think there should be some sort of a plan in place there that if a club team has won back to back all Ireland's at intermediate level they should be automatically put up to senior ranks now obviously there's some rules and regulations around that and you know we don't get the say in that but I do think it would be good like yeah listen I'm sure they'd be only delighted to play at intermediate next year and win another intermediate All-Ireland if that's possible for them to do but like 
I'm sure deep down in the back of their minds, those girls are kind of thinking, you know, let's see how we'd go at senior because, you know, they are a very strong team. As we've mentioned, they're extremely well coached. They're like a well-oiled machine and I think that they would do very, very well. I don't know, would they be of the quality of the likes of Sarsfield, Shock, Neil and Lourdes, Bala and all these, but if they're not running against you won't them, know until you try. Yeah. And I think, to be honest with you, I think the management team of that as well, they would be very encouraged if they could play at senior because it would really kind of cement them as, you know, one of the top teams in the country if they, if they were given that opportunity. Well, we'll just have to wait and see what the story is with that. We'll get on to Division 1 games then at the weekend. Obviously, the big talking point will be Cork and Kilkenny in Parky Creeve on Saturday at 2 o'clock. Repeat of last year's semi-final. We know what happened. Cork came out on top, but both teams going very, very well in the league. It's going to be an intriguing battle. Yeah, it certainly is. And, you know, I suppose this is the game probably from day one that, you know, we were all kind of looking forward to realistically. And, you know, I suppose we all knew that it was going to come down to the, we, well, we all expected it was going to come down to the wire and it was going to be a do or die battle for everybody and that, you know, it was going to be the winner takes all. I think, you know, for everybody and all, even all the neutral Camogie supporters and I'm sure all the other teams throughout the throughout the Camogie, the Camogie world are definitely going to want to see where exactly Cork and Kilkenny are at at this stage of the league. You know, we're three games in, it's coming down to do or die. They know that Kilkenny and Cork are probably going to throw up their strongest teams more so because of the rivalry that is it within both teams like and let's be fair that is what's going to happen and the fact that only one team can come out of the group and only one team um one team can go into a league final I think it is going to be I think it is going to be the game of the season and I've mentioned this so many times and I don't want to be repeating myself because people are probably listening going ah it's the only thing she's saying but like I do think it is going to be the game of the league this Cork and this Cork and Kilkenny battle and um, very interesting to see will both teams show their hand or what's going to happen with it It certainly won't be a season defining game but it would be a good game for whoever comes out of it is going to go into a league final yeah. they're then going to progress into Leinster level you know when they have Leinster going on then you're going into the championship so I mean if you can get one over on your rivals yeah. you know especially in the league not as bad but uh, the question is will both teams go for it and play the best players that they potentially can on the day Um, I think so and I know you just said there that it's probably not going to be a season defining moment but I think you know part of it could be I think it could be a massive milestone that both sets of management team are going to set out with I think the fact that Cork have a new management team in there they haven't completed in a, in a league final in a long time I think they're going to be looking at Kilkenny as you know arch enemies really and they're going to want to get one up on them Kilkenny on the other side after being beaten by Cork in an All-Ireland semi-final as you said earlier on I think they're going to be kind of using this game to, you know, combat those demons if there are any there to just get them away and get them out of their system and especially down in Cork as well. And as we said last week, Kilkenny love playing in Cork because they have no fear down there anymore. Um, I do think it's going to be, I do think both management teams are going to put out strong teams. Probably not their strongest because obviously they're not going to show their, their full hand. But like, I do think they are going to go down relatively strong. Like, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see will a couple of the, the key players, I suppose, that we've seen in the first two games of the league for Kilkenny, um, you know, the likes of Tiffy Fitz, is she going to be, you know, is she going to keep her place in there at full back? And, you know, are there a couple of girls, are they going to 
be maybe like refined in that position like where's Neve Dealey going to be playing is she going to be in midfield is she going to be half forward or are they going to chance her in half back but I do think they are going to go down relatively strong I think both teams will be and I think this will be a real good test to see where both teams are actually at this start at this uh, stage of the league as well and we know Kilkenny have to win it because both teams are on six points at the table currently but uh, Cork have a greater scoring difference obviously with the 517 mm-hmm. score put up against Limerick the last day so they have a, a 25 point uh, difference I think I mean Matt's is right on it so yeah tw- 25 point difference draws no good they have to go and win it I suppose with the scores that Cork are racking up as well in the games is Kilkenny's backs going to see what they're made of in this game um, and as you say with a couple of young girls that's in there as well it's a baptism of fire going to be for them now on so- our Saturday Yeah I think so and I think the backs are going to be under pressure but I do think especially the last day I thought the backs were extremely good I thought that they certainly kept Kilkenny in the game particularly in the first half because they were so strong in their defending Um, I do think however the fact that yeah okay there's a massive massive score difference that Cork have at the moment but I think that's a good way I think that's a good thing for Kilkenny I'm, I'm kind of I'm delighted obviously we're delighted that Kilkenny won their first two matches but I'm glad they didn't win them by a cricket score because I think it's very important to keep them very like um, level-headed and keep themselves grounded going in against Cork I think that if they had thrown up you know these massive scores against Limerick and against Clare I think we could see a very different mentally focused Kilkenny team going into it and I think the fact that they did have you know Clare really put it up to them the last day I do think that they're going to go in with a different frame of mind in this and I think that they know that they have to give in a good performance Well we know that the best performance that they played in Cork in a long time is two years ago mm-hmm. in the semi-final down in Park Keefe as well mm-hmm. um, yeah in the championship it's a fantastic venue yeah. pitch is wide you know Cusick yeah. Park may not be as wide we'll say Park Keefe similar to style to Crow Park mm-hmm. we know that Kilkenny does like the space um, and the whole lot so where can they utilise their best potential whether it be in the forwards or the backs or are you looking at playing a, I know people don't like the word sweeper system um, or maybe crowding it out and kind of doing cork to them as we kind of did in two years ago and work the ball through the lines and kind of play cork at their own game with it I would be expecting Kilkenny to very much give as much space as possible to their forwards I do think we've extremely pacey forwards inside like you know Miriam is obviously if she's going to be sitting in on full forward she, she's in there for a reason the fact that she's just so physically strong and if she gets the ball one on one she will literally take down whoever is in front of her to get that ball into the back of the net you then look at the likes of Katie Nolan she's a speed merchant and she'll pop up with a score from anywhere Steffi Fitz as well serious serious pace on her Denise Gall can score from any angle and I do feel like Kilkenny will probably sit back a little bit just to allow them to give that space to the forwards but then what you know Davy Fitz on the other side he's definitely going to have a plan that's going to come up with that to counteract that attack and I feel like Cork will try and do the same as well they'll try to push up their midfields I've, I do feel like it's a game that could potentially bypass both sets of midfields and it's it's literally going to be kind of like ping pong going from the half back line to the half forward line constantly so it'll be very inter- interesting to see what happens I do think both sets of forwards are they are they are very very fast so the backs are really going to have to be on their toes but I think if Kilkenny can keep it tight at the back I think that they they should come out with victory at this, at this stage well, They probably won't play as bad as they did the last day against mm-hmm. Clare um, I mean we were very very lucky to come away with that victory the same as last year we were lucky to come away with two victories against Limerick and Tipperary in the quarter and the semi-final um, 
So I suppose the badness was got out of the system the last day. We know what Cork, I mean, the two teams go out, they nearly give it their best. I mean, we've played in numerous All-Ireland finals, semi-finals, down through the last five, six years. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they nearly know one another's strengths and weaknesses at this stage. So I suppose at the end of the day, it's whoever is going to come out and score more, which is the cliche yeah. in it, but whoever scores the most on Saturday is going to come out and the prize is a trip to the league final on the 9th of April. Yeah, it certainly is. And I do think that, you know, for both teams, that's obviously where they're going to want to be. And, you know, it's it's a mass, it's going to be a massive game for them. And I do think with Kilkenny, I, like I'm near, as I said, like I'm nearly happy that they haven't played to their full potential because I feel like there is certainly a big game in them. And I think, you know, what a better way to showcase that only in Parky Creeve against Cork. Like, and I do think that they are going to come out all guns blaze. And I do think that they're going to be prepared completely differently. You know, I suppose you know, I suppose we kind of have to touch on on the sensitive subject at the moment. You know, maybe they, they haven't had, you know, a full, you know, attention span at training over the last couple of days with obviously I would imagine Tommy has been absent, you know, with the passing of his brother Paul. And, you know, we are all thinking of all the Shefflin and McCarthy families in Ballyhale and of course the wider community in Ballyhale at the moment. So, you know, I'm sure that has maybe harpened preparation slightly. But I do think when it comes to Kilkenny will nearly want to do this for Tommy as well. You know, he's been such yeah. a central part of Kilkenny Senior Camogie for the last couple of years and, and Camogie in general. You know, he's been involved with WIT and all these teams as well. So I think, you know, that's going to play on the back of the girls' mind. And the one thing I will say about, you know, this, you know, senior team and even the intermediate girls as well and all Kilkenny teams, they're you know, if there's anybody that's ever in any bit of trouble or if there's anybody who ever needs anybody to lean on, these girls will always rally behind them. And I think that's a massive part of Kilkenny Camogie that they're a family, they're a close-knit community and they're a group of girls that are sisters and they'll always look out for each other, be it a management team, be it a player. And I think I think that's really what's going to show on Saturday as well. And I think they're going to definitely do that for Tommy and his family. Well, if it ever shows that the GAA is a tight-knit community and they are a family and when tragedy happens let's be fair Belly Hale has had its numerous amount of tragedies in the last number of years so if anyone knows how to knit a community together unfortunately through circumstances um, it's that club but you're dead right like everyone will rally around everyone the same that everyone will be there for Tommy um, Henry and all the the family for Aoife um, and all the kids and you know they they will get through it's tough and yeah. but they will get through it with support and the whole lot and as we always say there's other things going on besides yeah. sports when you look at what's going on in the Ukraine and everyone giving out about what's there and football and the whole lot like you know in one way it's great that you can have sport kind of to take your mind off of things yeah. and have something to actually look forward to and you know while things are happening behind the scenes that you have no control over unfortunately you can look forward and do things properly but yeah if anyone is going to be resilient um, there is there and there's always help available yeah. for anyone that needs it you know um, Ava's there with the minor panel and I know the minor panel will look after her as well and yeah. the whole lot and so Ava's in doing trials currently at the minute as well with the four teens like so people will be there they will look after everybody but yeah we, we certainly do think of everyone in the whole of the mm-hmm. Ballyhale community and the, the Shefflin and the McCarthy family as well I suppose on the other side of things then on the other side of the spectrum you have uh, Clare and Limerick fighting it out for a relegation battle both of them are playing at the weekend as well currently Clare are ahead with a greater score difference of 25 points like so Limerick would have to be clear by 25 points or more this weekend coming big ass compared to what we see with Clare uh, two weeks ago 
Yeah, I think so. Um, I think, you know, another kind of a, a you know, neighbours kind of doing battle in this as well. And I suppose you would have to kind of look at Clare after last weekend against Kilkenny. I found they were, I thought they were very well prepared. Um, you know, they were obviously gutted to not get a victory out of that but I think that will stand to them against Limerick they just have to brush themselves off and they have to go again but you know mentally for them they've shown now that they can compete with the best and they have done that against against Kilkenny and I do think to be to be fair I do feel like this could be very much nearly a one-sided affair for Clare I do think Clare will come out victory in this handily enough and no disrespect to Limerick but I do think I do think Clare will come out victory at that and I think Well we know Limerick are building but it's probably consistency that Clare kind of needs you know they just need to get over the line for one or two of the big games and it will fall into place for them and then they will become a powerhouse as well you know Tipperary done it in the last couple of years they are building Limerick hopefully are going to build fairly quickly you know Waterford is not in the Division 1 in the league because they got relegated but you know the way things are going for them they could be back into it next year they'll certainly have a a point to prove for the championship as well but teams are building and we as we said in previous podcasts and like you I'm probably sounding like a broken down record but we need teams Mm -hmm. to come up to this standard and perform at senior level because we don't need the same teams and as we alluded to earlier with St. Ryan is okay it's great for them to win intermediate but we need teams to be competing at senior level and to show the best and showcase what Camogie can be because if you look at the Owlers and the Sarsfields game that's what Camogie is there's passion there's love there's skill Skill, there's commitment, you name it, you want to go see a decent game of Camogie, go back and watch that on the RTE player or wherever that you can find that game last weekend because that'll show you everything you need to know about the game uh, that we love so much. Yeah, abs- it certainly is. Like, And I think, you know, that's why... Like I'm a huge fan of the club championship and the All Ireland stages and you know the the Leinster and the you know the provincial stages of it because it does showcase you know the best teams in the country and you know. I often kind of look at it and I nearly compare my own club to it and I'm kind of like, yeah, we could be playing up there with the big guys, you know, if we want to send, you know, it's just about putting the work rate and putting the work into it and putting the effort into it. But yeah, it definitely is. And I, and I do think just to go back to um, Clare and Limerick, this is a massive game for both teams. Both teams really want to avoid relegation here as well. Like, you know, so there is all to play for. It's not a case of, oh, it's the last game of the league. It doesn't really matter. You know, we can't qualify any further. You know, it's just as important. This game is just as important as the Kilkenny and Cork game and the fact that you know, it it potentially is a relegation battle as well. Like you know, the loser will go into relegation, so it is important for it is important for both teams to get the. Well, they will because whoever loses yeah. that game is going to be in the relegation final, and you have teams that's just up above it. When you look at it in Group uh, One, albeit it's not as clear cut in that game. There's mm. still a few games left. We have Tip and Dublin at the weekend, and Down and Offaly. Down and Offaly is definitely a relegation yeah. battle because the loser of that game is more than likely going to be in the relegation final with whoever loses more than likely Limerick the way things are looking at the minute with the scoring difference that's in it that's not going to be an easy one to come out of between down and Limerick if they are the two teams that's in it and one of them are going to be gone back down to Division 2 next year which is going to be another headache and a half for any of the Division 2 teams but just to go back to the down and Offaly game like that game in itself I think it it's probably coming maybe a little bit too soon for Offaly in the fact that will the St. Rhinus girls be available for that? I can't imagine they will. 
I, I would imagine that they'll surely have the week off. You know, it, maybe now maybe they will come back in. It's hard to know. It, it is hard to know, but I would imagine, I suppose, with the situation that Offaly are in at the moment, you know, they don't want to be losing this game, so they're going to have to have, you know, their best team out because they don't want to be facing a relegation battle by any means because anything, anything can happen in a re- relegation battle. You might be on paper the strongest team, but when it comes to relegation, it's cat fight cat like and it's form just, everything goes out the window goes out the window and it's really comes down to the wire on that day it could you know any team could come out but like you know if we're bre- if we're being realistic was it a bit of a shock last year Dublin beating Washford probably was you know you know you would have probably fancied well, it was Washford. if you looked at the match yeah, even with you know, it yeah you would have fancied Washford to come out of that game and look what happens Washford got relegated Washford are down fighting relegation and now Dublin they're probably after you know saving their skin there a bit and they're they're technically Dublin I don't think can really get themselves into relegation can they at the moment it's probably looking not likely not likely they have two games played currently at the minute um, just looking down through the fixtures here they have to play down um, which is their next game they have to play four games in total and they have Tipperary then this weekend as well Mm -hmm. so that'll be their second game now on form you probably think the tip is going to come out with the victory in that one but again we said form goes out the window Mm -hmm. but tip will certainly be looking to go all guns blazing to get to a league final and get a bit of silverware in the county as well they put so much work in Mm -hmm. over the last number of years Bill Milani has done a tremendous job down there but they haven't seen the fruition for the efforts that they're putting yeah. in and they'll certainly if at all do come hell or high water do whatever they have to do to get to a league final and that's where they're looking to head for I think at the minute I think so and I think you know uh, correct me if I'm wrong in this Tipperary had qualified for a league final or a league semi-final two years ago only COVID hit before the COVID yeah. I think it was the league final, final if I'm not was. mistaken yeah. it was a big thing for them because it was their first nearly final that they had been that they were going to be competing in in a long time and unfortunately next thing COVID came in everything was disbanded the whole year was kind of thrown up amok and you know it, you know they obviously didn't get to play it and I suppose they were probably bitterly disappointed not to be able to get that back that last year so I think you know they'll want to be able to play in a league final and you know yeah the Dublin game is going to be a massive game for them I think you know they're going to have to capitalise on the score difference in that game as well because when it comes down to the wire again another massive game that they'll have coming up against Galway so you know that's going to be very important for them too yeah, it is. And Tip and Galway are going head to toe or toe to toe, whatever way you want to put it there, to try and come out of that as well. I've seen Galway playing against Dublin. Haven't seen too much Tipperary this year, but the results will uh, certainly show for itself. But it's not going to be easy one way or another coming out. or just trying to find out um, that information with the, the league final, but I think it was the league final yeah, for um, was, for two yeah. years ago. That brings us then to Division 2. Obviously, Kilkenny um, are going to have a strong test away to Westmeath on Saturday as well. Um, you know, they kind of, they have to come come out of the, the table with a victory to qualify for the knockout stages Waterford looks like they're going to top that group and come out of it as group winners Kilkenny with a victory against Westmeath um, was there a draw would even do them uh, against Westmeath but as you were saying they look to go uh, and win this one it won't be easy no. but John Scott is uh, their, their team is going well in fairness to him this year 
Yeah, certainly is. And I do think that they are well capable of getting the victory um, against Westmead. In, uh, you know, it's obviously not an easy task to go, you know, play any game away, but especially to go up to Westmead. And Westmead probably very disappointed with their league form so far. So they'll be looking to capitalise on this game as well. But I do think Kilkenny have enough to get through this. I understand after their last victory, yeah, obviously they're absolutely bitterly disappointed. I'm sure that they would have preferred to give a better account of themselves um, than, you know, the final result did allude to. But I do think they should get the victory here. We have to bear in mind that, you know, they've had another two weeks solid of training, you know, girls back from, you know, mocks, colleges. So they definitely have more of the more of their panel available to them. And I do think that they will. I do think that they will go very strong because they will want to compete in a, in a league semi-final or a league quarterfinal or whatever the case may be as well. Yeah, that leaves the the other game and that uh, then as well is Waterford and Tipperary. Either one of those two teams then um, between Westmeath and Tipperary could actually be in a relegation fight at the minute. Both teams are level on one point apiece. They're both level on minus 10 on the score difference as well. Well... Going to be tough on one of them to be going into relegation trouble. Like, I mean, you take Westmeath was at the top of their game mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Okay, they've had retirement since. They're probably in a bit of transition as well that maybe they're not as well equipped that they were a couple of years ago when we seen them and they were winning against Limerick, like in the, the first round of the championship. That's going to be tough on one of them if they do get relegated to go back down to Division Three. Certainly will. And I think it's going to be probably a lot more difficult for Westmead considering the strides that they have made throughout the years. You know, intermediate, you know, All-Ireland champions have been playing in intermediate All-Ireland semi-finals for numerous years, came up from junior and really just came up out of nowhere um, and then really kind of, you know, imposed themselves as, you know, serious contenders for an intermediate championship and did for the years that they were there. Um, you know, were, were competing in senior Leinster championship, were competing you know it highly at division 2 for the league all along and then sure they were they were up senior as well you know senior championship too so you know they're a team that have all the experience in the world and I do think it would hit them harder I would fear that if Westmead were to go back playing division 3 it could nearly crumble them like you have to remember like I remember 2016 we went up and we played Westmead and Westmead we made it very easy I, I think we came out you know very easily winners at that stage. I think it could be near enough to the 20 point mark victory we had in that. Now I stand to be corrected on that, but I think after that, since 2017, they just had, they rebranded themselves completely and they had a whole new lease of life and they just kept getting stronger and stronger and stronger constantly. And they have cemented themselves as, you know, definitely the top, you know, intermediate team in the country and, you know, competing well at senior level too. So I do think it would hurt them most. Like my fear would be for Tipperary this weekend against Washford. Now, in saying that, Washford know that they're comfortably true. Are they going to maybe rest up a couple of their senior players, you know, making give make sure that they're fresh. Are they going to see a run out of new players? But I do think the way the Tipperary um, intermediates are going at the moment, you know, I'd fear for them that it could be a complete whitewash because at the end of the day, Watford, I suppose, need to get a, a bit of confidence into themselves. They're not going to particularly like playing at Division Two. 
they're going to be playing in a senior championship so they're, they're going to want to you know be gaining as much confidence as they can going into the championship and you know whether they'll show, show off some of their new players or whether they'll stick to the you know their, str- their stronger so-called stronger team you know we'll have to wait and see but I do fear for them do fear for Tipperary against them because you know Washford are proven to be you know the strongest team there at the moment Well I think they have a 21 point difference or something mm. between Waterford and Kilkenny um, at the minute so even if Kilkenny was to win that edge goes six points and even if Tipperary were to beat Waterford even with a, a team like the, the possibilities of Kilkenny topping the group and that are nearly non-impo- or non-existent I think at this stage so Waterford we look like is going to come out but that is the, the group winners yeah. one team that is flying in the division at the minute um, and we're going to come to it as well later on in the minors is actually Wexford mm-hmm. uh, and Wexford have played three games they have scored nine points they have racked up 444 yeah. in three games which is a huge tally for them they're also in the minor A quarter final mm-hmm. great to see Wexford back we know yeah. they were breaking our hearts back in the mm-hmm. early noughties and the whole lot they yeah. kind of fell by the wayside then for a while great to see him back up at the top table again and scary to think that they probably don't have any of the Alert Bala girls available to them at the moment so you can just imagine what that contingency is going to go in I don't know are they you know are, are Stacey and Shelley Q are they going to be playing Wexford I can't imagine they wouldn't be but imagine just having those two girls thrown back into the mix there as well what Wexford are doing at the moment without them you know they're going to be a massive massive addition to them as well and you know I suppose as you've said like they have been working so hard for so many years and you know they're slowly but surely getting themselves back up and I think a lot of that has got to do with the massive backing that you know that they got from winning the Junior All-Ireland last year you know that was a massive um, confidence boost for Wexford Camogie as a whole and then like you know having Owlart back you know as And they won the League 2 in the yeah. Division 3 which has really helped them in Re- the Division as in Division 2 It certainly has and I suppose you know it comes down to the old saying winning is a habit and the more you win the more you know the more confidence you're growing and that's it's showing clearly here like so whatever they're doing down in Wexford they're doing it right and you know when they have the Owlart the Balagars I don't know how many how many of them are going to be back there but you know when you have those girls back they certainly are going to be serious contenders for the championship as well yeah disappointing then when you have the other scale um, as we said like division or group one in the division one there's a lot more teams in group one there's five teams in total in it so Wexford are top on that Cork are next but there's a lot of games to play Meath and Derry are still there as well as we said um, in the last podcast as well you know the fixtures for this weekend coming is uh, Kildare versus Meath yeah, Kildare versus Meath and that's probably going you would imagine that Meath would probably come out victory in that one a lot easier to someone trying to get in contact here um, but you would imagine that Meath would come out victory in that game there against Kildare you know Kildare I feel like have been um, struggling the last you know while but you know I suppose they're probably just trying to lament maybe some new players into their into their system there as well so that'll be interesting to see how that match goes but I would imagine that Meath will come out victory in that Okay, so that is uh, Kildare Mead. Then we have Cork and Derry then in the the next game and that's, that's not going to be easy. No, that's definitely not going to be an easy game and you know, I think that could be a really, really good team. Be interesting to see will the Schlock Neil girls be back? You know, I suppose they've had, what, two weeks off now? So be, you know, you would imagine that they should be back at this stage, um, you know, for both teams that they will be trying to come out of the group in this. So, you know, a, an exciting battle will hold but, I, you know, you kind of have to fancy Cork in this case and, you know, I suppose last week I was probably saying Derry, Derry, Derry but, you know, my, my mind has changed and like, I know it's changing like a clock now at this stage you, you just don't know 
Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see Cork and Derry be a very interesting game, but I would say you'd have to go for Cork in my opinion in that one. And we look like that uh, Antrim is going to top the group in uh, Group 3 mm-hmm. then as well. So um, Galway have a, a bit of a lead on that one. It looks like that Leash and Kerry uh, are not going to be contenders in Group 3. So you're looking like having Antrim and Galway and... Waterford and Kilkenny through which is four which leaves two teams then Wexford is definitely true yeah. which is five teams and as we said in the previous podcast Cork, Meath and Derry is going one of them is going to make up the six teams for yeah. uh, to come out for the semi-final and the quarter-final draws the other side of that then is going to be relegation trouble Yeah. Um. I mean Kildare who has been there or thereabouts the last couple of years and doing well and winning games mm-hmm. bottom of the league at the minute no yeah. points at all at all you're probably going to have Tipperary potentially yeah. uh, in it and either Leash or Kerry yeah. then as well I mean there's four teams there there's big names I mean Leash have been contesting Leinster finals they were uh, contesting All-Ireland semi-finals mm-hmm. etc Kerry is doing very very well at club level mm-hmm. maybe not putting it into or transferring it from the club then into the county level mm-hmm. um, Kildare would be the, the biggest shock I suppose out of that now albeit they're in a tough group with Wexford, Cork, Meath and Derry mm-hmm. um, but still you would be expecting them to, to have a better show than what they're doing at the minute and when you think about it relegation Lumen could have serious, serious effect on your championship, you know, preparation. If you have a team that, you know, are not expecting themselves to, you know, to be fighting relegation and you're trying to prep for them for championship only a couple of weeks later, it's not exactly, you know, it's the last thing that any management need. It's, you know, that's a massive headache for them. And, you know, then you'll have the players, you know, questions will start to be asked and then, you know, this belief will start to come into them. Like, you know, can we actually do it or are we wasting our time? And it does, it creeps in and there's no point in team saying this it, that it won't. So it'll take the management team to, you know, do some serious, serious hard work to mentally prepare these players for it and you know for the teams that you've mentioned there you know Kerry they're only up to division two the last couple of years I suppose playing they were out the weekend they got beaten well I suppose Clan Morris were out the weekend but sure as we've said before Kerry basically is the whole Clan Morris team um, you know they were beaten they were beaten in the in the All-Ireland Club final so you know what kind of you know shape are they going to come back in this weekend as well um, Leash I feel just have been struggling really badly the last couple of years I know that they did get to an All-Ireland semi-final or an All-Ireland quarter-final a couple of years ago but you know it was a stroke of luck I think and I really don't want to be just disrespectful but I, you know I take it you know if, if I was getting into an All-Ireland semi-final regardless of the stroke of luck I'd take it as well um, and then you know so I just think that the, t- the four teams that are probably going to be down in relegation you know, it's going to be a massive dampener on their preparation for a championship. And I do think it's there's going to a lot of work have to be done from the management side of things to try and get the girls' spirits back up again. Yeah, when you're talking about people being down, a team that's down really badly at the minute um, is Carlo mm. as well. Not going very, very well. Um, I happen to be at the Carlo and Armagh game. I have to say I was very impressed with Armagh's uh, style of play. We know that they were in the All-Ireland yeah. final last year, so they will be looking to do well um, at junior level as well in the championship but their style of play all the northern teams and I mean this respectfully to them every one of them I mean Derry uh, Antrim you know you have down there as well they all play with a style that's nearly similar but it's very hard to beat you know it's almost like football putting up a a defensive structure and then they just break away and they beat you then on the counter attack I mean some of the play that was going on last weekend with Armagh like was phenomenal to Mm -hmm. be watching but I mean I've seen Carlo now between their minors and the, the team last week 
weekend as well oh, I'd be worried for, for Carlo at the minute like their things are not going very very well there considering the highs that they were at like four years ago when getting to the um, the junior final and winning the junior final as well like you know they, they haven't seemed to push on too much from that no, I think, you know, that's a very fair statement to kind of say there as well. The fact that they haven't really pushed on from it. And, you know, it's not as if like they haven't had new players come into the come into the to the panel because they haven't. I do think, you know, whatever it is, they're just nearly at a standstill. And, and is it maybe because that they were depending on, you know, the, the older players or, you know, the more regular players to kind of keep them, keep them at that stance and, you know, that's not going to happen. Like players are going to come and go every year. There's always going to be a conveyor belt that you, we have to go through and some players are going to leave, new players are going to come in and you, you'd wonder, have they, you know, been kind of nearly bred into it? It doesn't look like it is. But in saying that, Armagh are extremely good. We watched them in the All-Ireland Final last year. You know, they were probably very unlucky against Wexford. They had won the All-Ireland the year previous as well. So, you know, Armagh are a very, very strong team and they're going to be going very, very strong for a junior All-Ireland this year and they'll obviously want to try and, you know, win Division 3 too. So, you know, Carlo probably not, probably aren't happy that they're playing at Division 3, but at the moment, you know, I think they really need to just focus on rebuilding themselves and, you know, they have to kind of, you know, filter through a lot of the younger players that are coming through because there's an amount of great players that are down in Carlo. We've seen the club scene that they have down there as well and Michael, you know, probably one of the top teams in the whole of Leinster you know there has to be new players that have been bred through that and you know something that needs to be looked at Yeah I was just looking at um, an article there during the week as well it propped up on my Facebook page um, about Rachel Merry when it came to the All-Ireland last year where she actually I think just a hamstring she actually tore off the bone completely uh, before that final and you know she devastated to to miss it after being playing so well she uh, she came back because um, I know her man well Rosemary Merry former referee still does a bit of referee in, in the uh, the North associated with the Ulster Council for a while as well she came on um, as a substitute the other day and scored four points from play mm. she was phenomenal and I know her man was absolutely delighted now like any mammy she's always worried as well about mm. niggles and knocks and about whether someone is going to get up uh, or not but the story and it's a joy to actually watch teams that just go out and they want to play camogie and they play to their best of their ability um, you know and that's what it's all about you know and seeing girls have fun mm-hmm. you know we want to have players that goes out enjoy what they're doing have fun in doing what they're doing um, and that's all you can ask of a, of a team or an individual player themselves yeah like it certainly is and I suppose you know it all kind of ties back to there's a lot more going on in life than just sport and you know we should be lucky that we, you know we have sport as maybe an outlet for a lot of things that are going on in, in people's lives like you know we don't know you know what's going on you know for everybody on a personal level and to have sport there as an outlet you know it is a great thing but at the end of the day it is just sport and you know with everything that's going on at the moment it does put you know everything else into perspective for you um, but yeah as I, and I'm a firm believer if you're enjoying something keep going at it but if once you stop enjoying it it's time to just walk away from it and you know it is great that girls are enjoying the game but then you're looking at some of these girls that are competing at top level in our county they just want to win and you know it's all about it but I did read an article from it was Denise Gall um, only last week or the week before and you know one line that kind of stood out to me and you know what she was so right in, in what she said she was so right in what she said she basically said that you know once you know once she finishes up she'll always have more friends than she does have all Ireland medals and that's what means the most to her and I suppose 
if you watch the way she plays, you watch the way she plays, she's she does enjoy it. And, you know, I think that if everybody nearly took the same kind of, you know, look upon the game, um, stop putting themselves under pressure, stop making themselves, you know, to, you know, to be this picture perfect image, you know, and try to be, you know, just try to go out and just enjoy themselves. And remember that it is sport at the end of the day. Yes, we do enjoy it. Yes, you have another bunch, you know, they have another family out of it. But there are more important things in life and use it as an outlet and I think that's very important and to see that girl coming back after you know that that's a serious injury you know she probably wanted to get back there and I love to read about a player that has come out through a serious injury and just gets back and you know you're kind of waiting for them to see what they're going to do when they get on the pitch and score four points that's that's a massive turnaround for her and, and you know a great day for her and I'm sure her mum was delighted as well Oh she was uh, and two of those were actually out from the sideline as well I was just trying to actually find the article just to make sure that I wasn't doing her an injustice and in saying exactly what the, the injury was but I'm almost certain that's uh, what it was that, that the hamstring did come off the bone which sounds bloody nasty mm. like when you, you yeah. look at it um, I suppose you know that uh, completes what we're going to be doing for the weekend myself and you are going to Parky Queef on Saturday we're going live with KCLR as usual for the game so we will be down there from 2 o'clock onwards so we're looking forward to Parky Queef nice place you know press facilities are fantastic down there I have to say I was in the press box yesterday in Crow Park and mother of God it was like being in Siberia it was that cold up there um, the sun was shining down and the pitch was nearly warmer on Jones' yeah. road than what it was in the press box but it's great that we were able to get there yeah. um, and we we're going to be broadcasting live as well so make sure you, that you tune in uh, if you can't get to Cork the other bit of Camogie news that was on the weekend was your old Albert Marsher in the Loretto was oh. out in the junior final in uh, Johnstown mm-hmm. again uh, the Ursula uh, from Thorless I think it was yeah. and I have to say it seemed to be a cracking game like the rest were four goals up with 10 minutes to go and the Ursuline came back and scored four goals and draw drew the game I should say and now puts it to a replay okay. which is probably a headache for a lot of players fantastic though I mean I think it was was it something like 10 or 11 goals was actually yeah. scored in the whole game yeah. phenomenal stuff for junior level and I mean that respectfully yeah, now like absolutely. but you know if you were talking about two senior teams that we'd be talking about in two podcast yeah. time <laughs> exactly um, another headache for Brendan Williams to have to come through you know I suppose having to draw a match in the Leinster in the Leinster seniors senior final um, against Prez and then having to go to a draw match in an All-Ireland semi-final but yeah you know what a scoring spectacle I believe it was extremely high scoring I didn't get a chance to get over to myself but I do believe the standard of Camogie was absolutely phenomenal I suppose we're so used to kind of listening to Loretto you know coming out and you know being you know the top team in the country but you know as much as I want to see Loretto winning constantly I do love to see that you know other teams are starting to come up to starting to come up to their level as well like and I think that's important you know we speak about it at inter-county level that you know we need more teams playing at senior level and I suppose we want to see it at schools level as well like we want to see more teams um, competing at the top as well so yeah I suppose you know whenever that replay is on I think that's going to be another mouthwatering affair you know they are kind of neighbouring schools as well one's only up in Thurless the other one's in Kilkenny they're only about 45 minutes away for each other there would be probably an overlap of girls as well you would have a lot of girls that would play for St Anne's Tullerone uh, in Loretto and in and in um, the Ursuline in Thurless yep. so you know girls playing club together playing against school together now and you know as some of those girls in the Ursuline in Thurless probably play it under 16 level with the county as well so you know th- there definitely is a lot of girls that would know each other on, on both teams as well so kind of like a nearly a local rivalry there too so it'll be interesting to see now the, the next day in the replay of that game 
yeah, whenever that'll be. We don't have any date of that at the minute. We also got word during the week as well that the National Congress is coming up. So that's going to be on the 1st and 2nd of April. I suppose one of the big talking points coming out of it, uh, well, there's two, is the motion for the... Um, Say it for me. The amalgamation between the, the three associate the merger for the three associations. There's a bit of uh, text in that. We might get forward for it um, and give the exact wording for it. I have it on the phone here, um, but we will uh, take it out closer to the time. The other one then is the rule uh, which has been tried to be passed at Congress with the last number of years that I've been at Congress in relation to something like the GAA that you have to be over 18 now to play inter-county and they want to bring the age groups back as well so there's not an overlap mm-hmm. um, that you're trying to play it. We've been talking about this for I don't know how long. Um, I mean, you look at the GAA has done it. Um, they, they can't play inter-county now unless you're over the age of 18, which probably would work because at least you could run your minor competitions mm-hmm. and your adult competitions yep. simultaneously with one another. You're not waiting then for competitions to be over mm-hmm. um, and the whole lot. So would you be in favour of it? Yeah, um, I definitely would. I suppose like for myself, like when I was involved with the intermediates over the last couple of years, we did have a couple of girls that would have come straight up from the minor ranks once their minor championship was finished and I know it was probably a headache for the minor management team at the time when you know we might have been looking for girls and I suppose to be fair we we have to be very fair to the minor management team you know the girls should be playing at their own level first and foremost I do think it's very important for the development of a player that they're allowed to stay playing at their own at their own level Um, I think you know that they need to enjoy the years that they have up to minor age and then after that then yep absolutely progress along I do think it's important for young girls so, you know, obviously you're going to have, you know, that one or two players who are obviously going to be exceptional and are going to go straight into the senior ranks. But I do think it is very important for girls that are going to be making it at inter-county level that they do get to play and train and develop through the intermediate junior or intermediate team, whatever the case may be with the counties. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think I would be in favour for it. I think it's very important for the development of players. You don't want girls going up too early and then turning around and end up giving, giving it up and just walking away because you know, they, they might be sitting on a bench for, you know, so many years. Like, you know, I know a girl and she was brought into the senior ranks very, very young and she now has walked away from it. And it's such a pity to see considering the, you know, the player that she is. And, you know, I spoke to her recently and, you know, she just, she just said, she's like, you know what, I'm still young. I'm only 21 years of age. I want to enjoy myself and who knows, I might go back in two or three years where I'll still only be 24, 25. And she kind of, she kind of said to me, she named another player who more or less did what she did. She kind of went away. Then she went back when she was 24, 25 years of age and she's really cementing herself as, you know, a a strong senior player in the country at the moment. And you know what? I was kind of looking at her. I was like, you're you're actually dead right because now you can just go away. You can enjoy yourself, enjoy your college years, do your J1 travelling if you want to go and do that. And then when you're more matured, you're ready to make the commitment because it is a massive, massive commitment. You know, you can go back and then start enjoying it. And, you know, for her it goes back to she didn't enjoy it she had to walk away from it and who knows in a couple of years if she does start enjoying it she'll come back and if she does she's going to be a massive massive addition to to Camogie 
in the county that she'll be going playing in. Yeah, exactly. Well, I have actually the wording of the um, the Congress that's here in front of us. So they're looking to bring in Rule 2.8, which is recognising the leadership and constructive ongoing engagement demonstrated by the Camogie Association in recent years. Congress mandates the Ookderon and Orcorla to continue working towards the integration of the Camogie Association, the GAA and the LGFA to ensure one, organisational and governance structures reflect and integrated Gaelic games organisation to the gender equality and its delivery is recognised as a core value of the Gaelic games family promoting it across stakeholders government and citizens three there is equitable access to full participation in Gaelic games across all units of the organisation four the promotion of our Gaelic games and strengthened on an equitable diverse cross community basis and Congress requests that a formal progress update be provided to Orcorla on regular basis and that the Ookderon would provide a comprehensive report of progress at Congress. A lot to take in in that, but that is the official wording that's going forward to uh, Congress on the 1st of April. Um, I think a lot of engagement is going to have to be done with clubs. Like we know you said it in previous podcasts as well about getting your say on the new rules and everyone in the, the place, uh, the, the association would say, was asked about the new rules and what should be and what shouldn't be put in. I think a similar survey should be done with this and that clubs should all have their members mandated to see what they think about it. Yeah. That should then go forward then to the county. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the clubs agree to it, well, then the county should be voting for it. But everybody, and I mean everybody, whether you're a member from 16 years up, which I think is the, the legal voting now in the Camogie, because um, I don't think they changed that to 18 at the minute. I could be wrong on that, but I, I think it's 16 when it comes to it. So, for, And if not, they should be allowed anyway. From 16 upwards, you should have a say mm-hmm. whether you want to be integrated um, into the GAA family uh, or not. Yeah, I think so. And I think it's very important that everyone gets a vote and it's not nearly just a vote for those at the top table. Because, you know, maybe 10 or 12 people don't have the same opinions of two or three hundred people. Um, you know, it's not like a general vote. Uh, like, you know, it's very important that everybody's voice is heard. And I do think it should go out on survey. And I do think that it's very, very important that whatever becomes of that survey, if it is to be done, that the overall outlook and the majority vote is, you know, stood out there and actually made known that this is what each county and all clubs have come back and said, you know, this is not just a vote. And I suppose, you know, we kind of spoke about it last week as well. This is probably, this is not a vote just for inter-county. It's a vote for all the clubs as well. And I think that's important. And I suppose, you know, people can be forgiven to think that oh, more so kind of affects the inter-county. It doesn't. It affects everyone. It probably may be the inter-county at a bigger, at a bigger level, but it does affect clubs as well. And I do think it is important that clubs get their vote. And I do think it's important that players get their vote because these are the girls that are going to be affected by it. So I do think it will be very important because at the end of the day, it's not a decision that can be made by 10 or 12 heads at the top table you know uh, for of their personal views it has to be the views of the two 300 members of you know clubs around the country Yeah well it is 18 for an AGM in the official rule book I still say that the under 16s and the whole lot upwards should actually be vetoed to see what they think themselves I mean younger people have an awful lot more to say mm-hmm. that you know 
it affects them in a couple of years times of yeah. where they are playing what organisation they want to be affiliated to etc etc we know the clubs are working uh, on one club models at the minute not everybody at the club does that mm-hmm. uh, I heard an interview that Shane done during the week with Jimmy Welch down in Piltown where the all the associations are coming together in Piltown to do a fundraising yeah. um, he brought up very good points like I mean most of the the pitches around are actually owned by the GA or whatever and the LGFA and the Camogie and the whole lot are using them and they all have to be maintained and you have maintenance costs and the whole lot and the people are sharing them but then who fits the bill for yeah. the sharing it etc etc which is all good so I mean you know if the organisations sat down together and they worked this out it probably could be beneficial to everybody in the long run I think it will but I do think the most important thing is communication is going to be key and that's where everybody needs to be talking to everybody and it needs to be nearly an open conversation and we can't be worried about you know hurting people's feelings and other people have no opinion and afraid to step on people's toes it has to be we have to communicate with all codes across you know the GA Ladies Gaelic Football and the Camogie need to sit down in a room and just trash everything out pros and cons like it's not going to be all pros but it's not going to be all cons every area has to be has to be discussed and to make sure that we're doing the best for our game and that's the most important thing that we're doing the best for the development of our game and for making sure that you know everybody is looked after equally and that, you know, our game continues to strive and be the top game it, it is that it is at the moment. Exactly. Well, we know that the GEA has passed it um, at their Congress a couple of weeks ago. We know that the LGFA passed it at their Congress, albeit there's a bit more of a, a wider gap in that one than what the, the GEA one was. So I suppose all eyes are now looking on the Camogie Association now for the 1st and 2nd of April to see whether they are going to pass it or not. It's a big. I suppose they're kind of caught between a catch. Uh, they're caught between a rock and a hard place. Like if the two associations have now gone and passed it in the GE and the LGFA, and the Camogie Association rejects it, which I'm not saying is going to happen. I'm all about playing devil's advocate and the whole lot uh, as all the time in it. But um, I think the feeling around the place though is that they need to merge and amalgamate and try and get as you say equality for everybody that's from the grassroots from the sprogs at four years up to the ladies below in Limerick or wherever that's playing at 50 and 60 years old still I think Junior B game the goalkeeper was 50 and we know there's a lady in Limerick that's still playing Camogie and LGFA at 60 years of age down there fair play to her if you're still able to go and you love doing what you're doing continue to do it but it has to be for every generational player from that four year old up to that lady down in Limerick that's still involved at 60. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's where the Camogie Association need to look at it, I suppose. Yeah, the fact that the GA have passed it and the ladies Gaelic football have passed it. Yet there probably is a little bit of pressure on the Camogie to pass as well. But I don't think that they should look at it as pressure. I think they need to do what's best for the game. I think they need to put aside the fact that, oh, it might kind of, you know, stop maybe certain people having their say and having, you know, having to share their their voice and having to share their voices with um, everyone else. I do think that is really important that this isn't, you know, it, it's not that we're coming after people's jobs or we're here to take this over or take that over. But it is important that I do think it would be a great idea if we all kind of join together. I do think it's a very, it's very important for the future of our games. And I think that's the way the Camogie Association needs to look at it. I think, and I'm sure the lady, Ladies Gaelic 
football looked at it the same way. They can't be selfish and thinking about themselves. And I'm sure that's the route they went down. And I'm and I'm sure and I would be very um what's that word? I would be very skept not skeptical, I suppose. I would be of the opinion that the Camogie Association would look at it in that way as well, that, you know, they're not going to be selfish. They are going to think of the game as a whole and they are going to think of the future of Camogie and not be more so thinking of their own personal views that that if that makes any sense to you. It does probably to a lot of people as well and the producer will probably tell you exactly here beside us what the word you're looking for as well but uh, as we say that is it that's all the time we have here from the boardroom here in the KCLR studios can't wait actually till the new studio is done we get back to our old little haunt because the echo in here is driving me mad here tonight so it is I can hear myself talk back but hopefully you are all enjoying uh, our podcast hard to believe we are into March already we are on episode number six we are coming to the very close almost of the league we're then going to go into Leinster we still have the Intercounty Championship and then of course we have the club all starting back again it's going to be a very very busy year but one that we're going to enjoy although albeit now I think you're going to be missing for a while on us because the nuptials are fast approaching on you now I hope all the preparations are still going alright for you oh yeah they are of course yep all going all going well <laughs> She says that with the head down looking at the table as in shut up and don't be asking me these questions. Anyway, that is it from uh, the KCLR studios here for episode number six. We will be back again as usual next Monday and don't forget to check out uh, on all of the streaming podcasts uh, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have a listen. Uh, But from myself and Anya here in the KCLR studios until next week, it's goodbye from us. Thank you. This is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Oh